Hi friends, welcome to the Wabi Sabi podcast. This is episode number 90. So after a vote, all of you wanted to focus on free spiritual wellness today. I will be diving in deep. I had a little bit of tears and prolific thoughts before starting the podcast today. Um, we had wonderful feedback from episode 89 with my friend Rosie Acosta. And we thank Rosie for being a guest on our show and spending time with us and taking time to help others to enrich their lives. I apologize. Sometimes I move around when I chat and my <laughs> I need to pay attention to where I'm speaking into the mic. Um, it sometimes feels like we are just girlfriends having a natural conversation. So I am learning every week with you on how to be a better podcaster and keeping the professionalism up as much as we can. It is just me and one editor that helps me to cut these and that's it. So if you can, <laughs> as I said to my mom today, I put a stamp on the wrong side of an envelope when I was visiting and she said, oh yeah, Candice, you put this stamp on the wrong side. And I just straight up in front of my dad said, mom, if I'm a fucking loser, you can pick on me for putting the stamp on the wrong side of an envelope. But since I have 30 projects going on and I'm trying my best and I consider myself a winner. <laughs> My dad was laughing so hard and usually he doesn't laugh at anything I say. But what I was trying to tell my mom was, please give me grace. I'm not perfect. I never will be. For fuck's sake, the reason why I think you like this podcast is because I am in the field of wellness. I write many books on spirituality, food, and improving your life, but by no means am I perfect. So wabi-sabi. We move on today with seven habits on how to practice wellness for free that really starts in your own mind. You know, the metaverse is nice and cute and made of shitty graphics. Way to go, you fucking multi-billionaires. Um, but it's not real life. And so I highly recommend if you are suffering from anxiety or depression to stay off of technology, including VR, unless it is recommended by your doctor for some reason. I am not about promoting VR to anyone. I think it is inappropriate to ask people to start working on more and more technology when we are completely aware that it is distortion in our field of wellness. There's no way that adding and strapping something onto your face is a good idea. First and foremost, we're going to talk about seven different steps, practices, and ways that we can value and practice wellness. I, uh, by trade, am a writer and journalist. I report on Japanese health, wellness, culture, beauty, and travel. I have a degree in interpersonal and organizational communications, and I also went to trade school for the culinary arts uh, at a Le Cordon Bleu school. And then I focused much of my studies in New York on wellness. And I was a journalist at Men's Health, Women's Health, Shape, and Men's Fitness, a judge on Iron Chef America for many years, as well as Beat Bobby Flay, 
and I penned six books while I lived in New York between the age of 28 to 38. So I do want to preface that I am merely a professional journalist and I love reporting on the truth. Most of this podcast is opinion-based, but also based on factual information that we research. A lot of you want Wabi Sabi to be more fun and BFF and funny and cool and whatever you think it is. That's great. I, I will try my best to continue to be that person. But the moment that anybody touts that they are cool, stay away. Stay away. Cool should be in the eye of one as the beholder. Now, to value our health together for free. First, I will start with one of the easiest things, which is called health. When you are in very good health, that means you have healthy lungs, air to breathe, two arms, two legs, beautiful eyes, smell, touch, taste, feel, all the senses, which we use in culinary arts, you are blessed. Right now, you should take a pen and paper and write down, I'm blessed, I'm healthy, my loved ones are healthy, and I need to remember that this is the greatest wealth that I could have in the world. Because anyone, whether they are a billionaire or a millionaire, they're on their yacht, they're out on vacation somewhere, if they do not have their health, they would do anything to trade lives with you to have better health. So do not unprioritize this podcast in a sense where, oh yeah, it's just information. It's not. I promise cumulatively my work will help you for a lifetime. And that has been my goal since I got started with my small business practice in 2007. I was talked shit to by most of my agents when I got started in health because they said nobody cares about health, nobody wants to watch it, and nobody really is ever going to pay attention to what you're doing, which we find now is basically the complete opposite. Wellness has become a multi-billion dollar industry. Everybody wants in. And for that, we have to be very careful with who we follow and where we get our information from. Today's tips will help you with each of these. But the first one is to acknowledge and value your health as it stands and your loved one's health. A lot of traveling happens during the summer. In August, I had to travel the most I have for the entire year. And I'm very mindful about mileage and excessive use of any type of travel or plane. I don't post as much as I used to because I don't feel the need to. I think that what's more important is giving you quality over quantity. So everything that we post will be of plus value to your life. I will always give you free, vetted, true plus value. My, well, I can't say who, somebody very close to me in my family had a bad accident this weekend while I was traveling and they broke bones. And when this happened, what was very good was I have a capacity along with my mom to stay very calm when anything happens and immediately we go to nurturing mode. Now this individual has to possibly be in a cast or have surgery, etc. Um, 
when a family member passes away, we also lost someone very close to my father and my cousins um, a couple of weeks ago, and my hand is on my heart. We are sending all of our love and prayers to this family member and, and her loved ones because it was sudden and unexpected, which is almost always the hardest way to grieve. And as we know, when we lose loved ones, it opens up these windows of opportunity to our heart and soul and mind that weren't there before. And it is a beautiful experience on top of extremely sad and very slow. Don't rush the river on healing. My second point is to really take time, be easy, learn to let things gradually go and do not take bad advice from anyone when it comes to your healing journey. We must value our health first and foremost. And second, please feel inclined to write this down if you'd like, is that learning to let things go with ease and grace, being an easy person, finding the recognition of others in who they are through their morals and values, stopping judgment, and finding a way to be like water, as Bruce Lee says, can help everyone around you. When you are dramatic, when you project, you transmit your bad energy and your drama and your bullshit onto other people. And when you trans, when you, when you do the inner work, you transform. A father that was speaking to Oprah Winfrey on her podcast had mentioned this. So choose to transform by doing inner work versus transferring. This world does not need more shitheads and more bad behavior and more people that are so thirsty for attention that they can't seem to live without two or three days offline. This is extremely unhealthy behavior and I sound like a boring person when I say this, but I can promise you I'm the least boring person. I microdose, I do all kinds of fun shit. <laughs> Can't tell you everything that I do because it's secret. But I also really have opened the portals of my mind through finding more clarity through microdosing and figuring out why we seem to think that this world online is the world. We seem to think that it's important that we see all kinds of information constantly. Can we take a break off of technology to find the recognition of others? Can we look at others' morals and values? Can we just stop and volunteer at an animal shelter, a food bank, a church, a Buddhist temple, a Jewish temple, a place of prayer. Can we go offline for a few days and chill? Ask yourself, can I take a break off of technology 
Or do I also have an addiction to tech? When I see people over posting and oversharing and people that constantly have press written about them because they put it out there, like they pay TMZ and whoever else, the Daily Mail, etc., to have stories written about them, I think sometimes to myself, this is really unnecessary and it's extra and it causes mental health distortion, body dysmorphia, and all kinds of eating disorders and triggers and women facing personal battles when they see fakeness all the time. So take a break, go off of social, learn to let things go and be easy, be light, be like water, find the nature around you or within you. Even if it just means going offline for a few days and reading some books, maybe going and learning a little more about spirituality or Buddhism, finding Titnat Han's new book, Being Peace. I have found a way for us to let things go. Number three, be kind. Spiritual practitioners all over the world, the ones that aren't on social media, the monks in the mountains, the men running the monasteries, the nuns that work at the small monasteries, I have gone to the small island of Sardinia and I have worked with the elderly that live off the land with their own goats and make their own bread and butter and food and grow and live off the land. And what I've learned from them, including my friends who are elderly men that work at the monasteries in Florence, they have told me they do not understand when their grandchildren are buried in their phones. It's kind of like the hot guy walking down the street and he's so busy looking down at his phone that he just missed four of the most beautiful women rocking right past him. If you don't look up every now and then and you don't look around and start smelling the roses and admiring the bees and looking deeply at the petals on each flower, noticing the butterflies or the hummingbirds that come by, you might just miss life because you are too busy looking at some really dumb TikTok video. When you decide to scroll all day, you are fucking up your brain cells. You are lowering your attention span and your brain will become wired to want more and more. It is just like a slot machine. They have created these apps to get you addicted and they know exactly what they're doing. So it is important to learn that kindness is the most important practice in wellness and kindness can only be cultivated when you are healthy and happy offline. You cannot be a kind person if you are fake, you are scamming people, and if you are constantly looking and seeking out validation from others, kindness comes from inner practice, breathing, meditation, sobriety. It comes from being still. It comes from being offline. There are many jokes between multiple friends and colleagues 
that once lived in New York like myself and now live in LA. The joke goes, people in LA are nice. They're polite to your face and they're fake as fuck behind your back. People in New York are kind. They're very crude and shrewd to your face, but they tell it like it is. And they are genuinely concerned for others. Sorry, my mind just thought about Tony, the man who used to work at my old building um, when I lived on Wall Street. And my uh, friends who lived in the building, they were like, dude, he is fucking shrewd. We used to call him shrewd Tony. But you know what? He was real and he was kind and he told you what life was like to your face. And that's a, a pretty true sentiment, I will say. New Yorkers are really concerned about the well-being of others. They like We like to help others. You know, if you see somebody that needs help up the stairs or if you see an elderly person, we give them our seat. We're courteous. We have to be. In New York, it's ride or die. It's live or die. You must go with the flow and help others and be a good Samaritan whenever you can. Whenever you can be possible. Whenever you can be kind, please be kind, and you can always be kind. LA is interesting. I have witnessed a lot of insecurities in women, particularly, which is why I do the job that I do. I don't want women to feel inferior to others. I don't want them to compare. I don't want them to start changing the way that they look for others. There's a lot of plastic surgery out here. There's a lot of fakeness. And there's a lot of like, I don't give a shit who you are unless you have a shitload of followers on Instagram. Oh, and by the way, who's your agent? What kind of car do you drive? What kind of bag do you have? Look at your shoes. Are your nails done? There is so much judgment in this town. It's probably not healthy for me. But that's why I travel a lot. I take a lot of breaks and I do deep inner self-work, therapy, meditation, Reiki, reading. And I report on the news because it is important to remind all of you that being kind and being real really matters. And nice people are nice, but they are fake as fuck. And you need to watch out for who they are and just disengage. If anybody doesn't make you feel good, just disengage. That is not every person in LA. Obviously, there are some hidden gems here. Very good friends of mine here. But I do want to make you self-aware that if anybody triggers you on social, on TV, on YouTube, just unfollow them. There are some people we can't avoid naturally because they're all over and desperate for press 24-7. Again, Eckhart Tolle reminds us that young people are all over technology all the time. It is unnecessary and it is damaging for your long-term health and your mental health and well-being. The easiest practice is to be kind to others, to do the inner work so that your projections are nothing but true love and kindness. Lastly, in the sector of number three on be kind, every true spiritual practitioner can see through another in two seconds. It is not necessarily judgment, but judgment is by nature passed on to others within seconds, scientists have studied. 
But every true wellness practitioner and every true healer understands and sees the other almost immediately. It is a unspoken word that somebody is actually working through most of us and we are messengers and vehicles for whatever that higher power may be. There are other people out there with ulterior motives. I will leave that for you to decide, especially when we talk about number seven today. Number four, wellness practitioners all know that money is not currency that's that important. When you practice tried and true work in the field that you were called to be working in, when the work is clearly for you and meant for you, you will thrive. I guarantee you, when you have faith in a higher power, whatever it may be, God, Buddha, Allah, some sort of above practice, when you have your truth and you believe and you practice in faith with love and kindness, and it does not mean we are all going to be Titnot Han, but I fall somewhere between the scale of Titnot Han and the devil, and I would like to think I can still curse and still pray and meditate for others. I can still microdose and be found to almost live a life that's a bit more free. Because we all know that religious practitioners also do not focus very much on helping to progress through current and modern times. In fact, some religions operate in a place of fear, that they fear the future, they fear the current times, they fear change. We all know the greatest practice of, of all time is that change is inevitable and those who adapt to change, Darwin's theory, are those who end up thriving. Let's not forget there is a difference between spiritual practice and religion, but I highly recommend to all of you that read the Bible and practice spiritual uh, tomes through your religion, that you open your mind to the sect of millions of different practices and that there is not just one way and that we also must learn to modernize with the current times and climate. That means supporting churches and temples and those spiritual places of practice in any way possible that is positive, like-minded, and open-minded to the current times. No one group of people should ever be discriminated against for their particular belief system or the way they look or who they love. We should just live as one and learn to empathize with others more. Remember, money is not that important. Most religions outside of our Western world focus on growing merit, not money. What happens in the afterlife if you have a billion dollars in your bank account and you're a piece of shit? Would that be fun? Are you going to go to the pearly gates and talk to God? I'm pretty sure he would say to you, so you got a million dollars or a billion dollars in your bank account and you're a piece of shit. It doesn't make any sense to me. And call me, you know, 
<laughs> a spiritual like practitioner myself, but I do think that we should focus on morals and values and merit, growing merit in this world. If you could imagine what a beautiful place it would be if we all cared about growing merit. I care so deeply about all of those out there that do not want to be heard or seen on the front line. Every person that is working at the hospital, every person that is volunteering at the church, every person at the food bank, my mother who is a teacher of 40 years combined from Tokyo to LA and San Diego, I prayed so deeply for the behind the scenes people. They are the most important people because we cannot do the work on the front line without them. I pray for every military personnel out there and every veteran. I pray so deeply for those who are not seen or heard, the homeless, the hungry, the mentally ill, the incarcerated. I pray so deeply for those who are lost on their journey. For you, if you are depressed, if you are anxious, for those who have lost their jobs or their loved ones, for each of you that is seeking to find a deeper and more prolific meaning to your life, I pray for you. Be kind and know that money is not currency that is that important. I have so many stories to share with you over the next few months that have to do with money and its horrible tie to stress and unhappiness. When you find the light within, you don't need shit to make you happy. My family had a three-legged cat with a snaggletooth and a crushed ear for many, many years, Kiwi. Kiwi was found in a dumpster somewhere in LA and was about to be euthanized. Nobody wanted Kiwi. My neighbor called me. She said, come see these cats. And we doted on that three-legged girl because she was so ugly and yet she was so happy. She hopped around and when she was 11, she got cancer and she died very quickly. I often think of Kiwi, even when this family member broke their bones and had to heal, I said, you are so lucky that you are alive and healthy. And this is not a big deal because guess what? Wounds heal. Time heals many wounds. Bones will end up mending and healing and almost welding back together. And cancer, heart disease, heart attacks, stroke, these are all things I will get into in some of my next points. Number five, the human body. Take care of it like you would a temple or a Porsche. In Western society, we care so much about what others think about the way that we look on the exterior. I fall subject to this too. I am not perfect. I can be a piece of shit. I have been one. Maybe I still am. I will tell you 
this field that we work in is a little bit dangerous. I do want you guys to know, I don't wake up looking like a glamour, like cover girl when I wake up. I wear pajamas most of the time. My hair is all natural. To save money, I haven't dyed it in years. I just left it natural and I found that it was beautiful. I also don't do my nails. I think it is excessive, chemical laden, and really kind of tacky. Sorry, if you do your nails, that's cool. Maybe I'm jealous because as a chef by trade, we're not really supposed to do our nails. But I do think that the human physique, it is important to stay in healthy form. And that's what I'll talk about today as it is part of my profession as a journalist, wellness writer, and chef. When I went to culinary school, I was 22. When I was 23 and 24, I cooked on the line at Roy's Japanese Fusion with Hawaiian food and also at the Ritz-Carlton Laguna Niguel in banquets. We cooked everything. Then I became a food editor at several magazines. And I also wrote probably about a couple hundred up to, a, you know, a couple thousand different recipes or articles or pieces that we've done on multiple outlets like the Today Show, GMA, E! News, E! Daily Pop, Selena and Chef, etc. What I have learned the most, and I say this with a very kind heart that deeply cares about others, what you eat and cook and consume makes up who you are. I have seen plenty of friends from childhood to college and beyond, and they come to me and they're struggling with weight gain. And they're struggling with weight loss. And that's okay. What we need to remember is that weight management is simply a mathematical calculation. And once you master learning how to love yourself, no matter what you look like on the outside, we go back to number three, to be kind. That's what matters most. But I understand that we all want to look and feel our very best. So here's some of my best tips on how to keep a healthy, lean physique. Free ways, lots of water, eight cups a day, sometimes 10, fruits and veggies every single day. One salad a day. I do berries or a salad every fucking day. And I mean, of course I'll eat, you know, one of my favorite things in the world is like falafels and gyros and I'm obsessed with Mediterranean Greek or even um, Israeli foods. So, so good, like to die for. But I got to tell you guys, I do it in moderation. I also really do think if there's one place you're going to invest money, do it in workouts. You can also work out for free outside and go for a run, a walk, a bike ride, skateboard, go surf, paddle, walk through nature, do a hike, go to the beach, walk on the lake, find a friend, walk your dog, do whatever it takes to move your body once a day. 
Just do it for 20 to 30 minutes every single day. The only reason why my body is ripped out is because I go to a Legree method or a body rock class that is totally based off of strength training. It has nothing to do with having a banging bod and showing it off everywhere. It only has everything to do with knowing that my mental health is far better when I work out. I breathe, I pump oxygen into my bloodstream, I get moving, I have better circulation, you have more supple skin, your skin can look more healthy and vibrant when you exercise and when you sweat. Just make sure that you shower after you work out and that you maintain a healthy balance in your life. I once dated a guy who had a fabulous physique, but boy, did he love drinking. And I thought it was kind of weird, like, okay, so you want to be Mr. Like hot bod, but you don't really get it because you still like binge drink. No judgment. If that's his thing, great. But I didn't think it was a little bit silly that there are some people that focus on wellness so deeply and yet they are not spiritually awake to be spiritually aware please find Eckhart Tolle, A New Earth, and read it. When you are ready and when you are called, you will understand the book. Please read The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. When you are called and ready, you will understand the book. I had the book for a long time. I didn't get it. I was young. I was on a train in Japan. I pretended to read it, and I did not get it. It was only until I moved to San Francisco after New York, I was so fucking depressed and alone and I had nobody to turn to. I picked up the power of now and I got my shit together. It took me three fucking years to pick myself back up financially, emotionally. I also had a lot of addictions And I will reveal those to you in my next book with Amazon Audible Originals. We are slated for spring 2023. I say this to you with tears in my eyes with absolutely zero notion that I am anyone. Who am I to be sharing spirituality and Buddhism and practices of crossing over worlds of spirituality, religion, Christianity, or you know, my mother's Buddhist sect from Japan. Who am I to be telling you about that? But then again, who else is going to do it? When you are divinely and spiritually called to do work on yourself, you will know, you will absolutely get it. It will happen and you will immediately have your awakening begin. It is not an aha moment. It is not overnight and it is nothing that you need to pay for. There are plenty of places like church, meetups, AA groups, all kinds of free community classes. And if you are struggling by yourself, look out for volunteer groups at the Boys and Girls Club, at your local food bank, at your local animal shelters. 
there is always a community waiting for you. You don't have to pay any money to feel what good morals and values and merit feels like. It feels really fucking good to be a good person. And although it's not rewarded right now in our time, maybe when I pass, I will feel really good about having merit on my side. Although not perfect, wabi-sabi, I know that the majority of the work that I do is far greater on the side of good than it is the side of utter and stupid bullshit. There's so many thirsty people out there right now. I can guarantee you when you get clear about who you are, when you start studying wellness, when you get off of your fucking social apps and start getting really connected to a higher power, you will understand what I'm talking about. Number six, wellness of the mind is the most profound work next to the human heart. Make sure you get your mind and your heart right. Pray and have faith that things are going to turn out okay. Wellness of the mind is the most profound work next to wellness of the human heart. Please find a way to move your body from number five, get into strength training, start lifting weights or working on a Legree machine in hardcore Legree Pilates or body rock type of classes. Those you are going to have to pay for, but they are worth it. Overall, just find strength training. There are plenty of people out there who teach free classes that can help you to get really fit by working out. And you can also step outside the door and go for a run. All you need is a pair of shoes. When we are talking also about the human body on number five, please cut down on your meat consumption and your sugar consumption. The only dairy I consume is kefir, yogurt, or cheese. That's pretty much it. And it's very limited. Alcohol. Hey, former party girl. Enjoyed it for a really long time. Drank like a fish in college. Have no idea how we came up for air. When you get older, you start to feel like shit when you drink. <laughs> did you notice? I did. Just limit it. Add a little seltzer. Call it a spritzer. Still love my Cosmo. I love my Cointreau in there. I love my Japanese whiskey. I like tequila. I love champagne. But I drink shitloads of water and I moderate. If I have wine, just put a little seltzer in it. It's a spritzer. Immediately save on calories and alcoholic intake along with the sugar. Limit. Be cool. You can also smoke weed if it makes you feel better, but just learn your limits. All things in moderation, including moderation. Julia Child. Number seven. Research. Verb, vetted or vetting, to appraise, verify, 
or check for accuracy, authenticity, sustainability. To appraise, verify, or check for accuracy, authenticity, sustainability. Those are some pretty big words. When we do our own personal research, the only person that benefits is ourself. Don't listen to others on their tangents or their conspiracy theories. Follow your own path. Not every thought that you have is a true belief. Remember to research the people that you follow. Even I know plenty of hoaxes on the dark side of wellness, and I have too much class and grace to say who they are. I will allow you to figure that out on your own. Some people drink a lot of Kool-Aid. Just saying, the universe tends to shake out and reveal all things. Do your research to appraise, verify, or check for accuracy, authenticity, sustainability, etc. That includes one's intent with what they plan with their one beautiful life. Now to answer some of your questions, and I thank you guys for passing this podcast on to three of your closest friends. The way that you've been sharing the Wabi Sabi pod, just click a button or a link, has helped us to grow exponentially. We are ranked close to number 89 in all how-to podcasts in the U.S., But I also want to tell you, I've seen all of you in Brazil, Portugal, Japan, Germany, Poland, France, Canada, Australia. I know you watch this podcast or listen to it. Either way, juicy. I thank you because I'm global too. My mother's from Japan. My family lives there. My sister lives in London. My father is from Poland. And I just happen to think all of you are fabulous. So... Domo arigato gozaimasu, jane. A question from a reader, Alexa Holistic Living. I've been traveling a lot recently and I can't figure out how to incorporate my precious matcha routine on the road. I've tried the pre-made bottled drinks, I've added matcha packets to a bottle of water, but I'm a diva and I like it with my collagen powder, macadamia milk, and stevia. I don't want to be that girl who whips up her own stevia at at breakfast, but man, I miss it so much when I'm away from home. Any advice? Okay, Alexa. Well, I travel with a matcha bowl and a whisk, which I put inside of a padded travel bag, tiny little zipper, or you can just wrap bubble around your bowl and keep your whisk clean in a Ziploc bag, but make sure to dry it well when you travel. Pack your stevia packets, pack your matcha powder, matcha love from Japan, organic or regular, either way. And then also pack your own creamer if you need to, or go out and buy it. This sounds really bizarre, but since I've been traveling the world um, as a model and journalist, I do tend to find where I can get an alternative milk, like an oat milk or a soy milk, etc., Whenever I go to Japan, usually it's just soy milk because that's all they have right now. Um, Or in Australia, they have a million choices. And then you just put it in your hotel room, pack your collagen, do whatever you need to do. 
I've also made matcha powder, you know, into my bowl with the whisk and hot water on the airplane. And I've had it made, made it at the airport, you know, like at some point in time, you're going to have to stop caring about what other people think. And instead of stevia, try monk fruit. Stevia tends to have a really bad bitter aftertaste unless it is made with water. There are some companies, a friend has told me, there's some companies that process it really well without an aftertaste, but monk fruit is so good and it is so easy and light. But also, you don't need any sweetener in your matcha. The point of matcha is to taste the earthy, fresh, green flavor of tea. When you learn to get off of sweets, your skin will clear up, you will drop a few pounds, and you will begin to taste food again. I highly recommend getting off of sugar and salt and lowering that alcoholic consumption, making sure that you get more nutrients. Matcha is ingesting the whole leaf. So matcha tea practice means you're getting all the nutrients and the vitamin C, the L-theanine, and you're also helping to get phytonutrients directly into your body. I have been working with matcha. Well, I hate saying this, but it's true. I mean, when we went to Japan, I was in kindergarten and it was the first time I was introduced to the monks in the mountains, my family's sect of Buddhism, how to pray for others, mala beads, miso paste, matcha, And I do feel that culturally appropriating matcha has been a thing. So I urge you to learn from the Japanese only and to follow the Japanese practice of green tea. We want you to enjoy it very much, but we do want you to learn from us first. I sound like a fucking infomercial, but I mean, I'm being serious, you guys. I getting made fun of for having slanted eyes as a kid was so fucking painful that I will stand next to any Japanese American and tell you we have been through hell and back, especially those who were in the internment concentration camps. And we are deserving of telling you our stories and about our culture and recipes and where we come from, travel included, first. That is a problem that our country has. First and foremost, it starts with slavery, taking those that were not ours and keeping them for our own. And so that is why I support all marginalized voices, my black friends and my African friends or African-American friends and anybody who has been marginalized for being different. Our country likes to take things and call them ours and... The bottom line is we need to make more friends with people that don't look like ourselves. And I don't mean just friends. I mean, make real friends with people that don't look like you. Um, Sandra, who has written to me on Instagram, asked me, what books are you reading nowadays? So right now I'm reading a Bhutan travelogue by Ashley Chen and Joni Harrison, H-E-R-I-S-O-N. A Bhutan travelogue. I will be working with the country of Bhutan very soon. I'm also reading Aunt Dady's book, Sorrow Mountain, The Journey of a Tibetan Warrior Nun by Ani Pachin and Dady Donnelly. The foreword is by the Dalai Lama. 
and it is on the history of how Tibet was taken over by the Chinese and a warrior nun who spent 20 years imprisoned by the Chinese against her own will simply for resisting. If you can imagine not being able to see the world for 20 years, Sorrow Mountain. Also, Titnan Han being peace and a book called Each Moment is the Universe by Dainin Katagiri. And also that includes um, knowing that there are many different sects, sects, sect, sect, excuse me, S-E-T, S-E-C-T-S. I'm not talking about sex, the sensual night sex. I'm talking about S-E-C-T-S. There are many different sects of Buddhism. Sorry. Somebody was feeding me lines the other day about the word liqueur. (laughs) Oh, Candace, it's liqueur. Oh, yes. Sorry. Liqueur. Liqueur. Anyways, that's all for this episode. 90 of Wabi Sabi. We have very exciting guests coming soon. Ariana Hoffington will be one. I cannot mention the others yet, but they are going to be juicy and fabulous. We'll talk about everything from beauty to wellness, microdosing to CBD to better health, and truly speaking, the truth. The Wabi Sabi podcast is brought to you by The Matcha Shop by Candice Kumai. Find it online and get your own wabi-sabi poster to remind you how to stay well every day. Please write these down if you would like to do a quick recap together. Seven habits on practicing better wellness for free. Number one, value your health, especially if you and your loved ones have it. Number two, learn to let things go and be easy. Find the recognition of others and who they are through their morals and values. Number three, be kind and know the difference between nice and kind. Number four, money is not the only form of currency that is important. You must value a thing called merit as well. Number five, the human body is so important to take care of cumulatively. Every decision that you make right now will affect you later in life. You must Eat more plant-based foods, fruits, and vegetables. Get your shit from the farmer's market. Make better choices when you're eating. Cut out the sugar, the excessive drinking. Really focus on how to get high-quality food into your diet. Your exterior appearance is not the most important thing. When you get to the heavenly pearly gates... What will God say to you about your exterior? Probably nothing, but he would be so interested in what you did to help others with your time on this one earth. Number six, wellness of the mind can be the most profound work. If your mind ain't right, how are you going to be well? Get it right. Number seven, researching will only help to benefit you. I highly recommend reading more books, 
finding journals and looking at people that have extensive resumes and backgrounds in their field of choice. There are plenty of those out there that will try to get you on clickbait and thirst and trying to be cool or hot or I don't want to be judgy, but you know what I mean. It's just like I can see through it. Keep those who are true and real, who don't have exterior motives, who don't care about likes or followers, keep them close. The behind the scenes people, the voices less heard, those who are constantly doing volunteer work, those who have dedicated their lives to helping others. It could be a writer, a healer. It could even be somebody who's out there acting or performing but trying to get you a deeper rooted message. And in that, I will read you a poem by Titnot Ham to close out our practice for this week. Titnot Ham says, the title of this poem is called, Please Call Me By My True Names, because I have so many names, and when I hear one of these names, I have to say, yes. Please call me by my true names. I do not say that I'll depart tomorrow. Even today, I'm still arriving. Look deeply. Every second, I am arriving to be a bud on a spring branch, to be a tiny bird with still fragile wings, learning to sing in my new nest, to be a caterpillar in the heart of a flower, to be a jewel hiding itself in a stone. I still arrive in order to laugh and to cry, to fear and to hope. The rhythm of my heart is the birth and the death of all that are alive. I am a mayfly metamorphosing on the surface of my river. I am the bird which, when spring comes, arrives in time to eat. The mayfly. I am a frog swimming happily in the clear water of a pond. I am the grass snake that silently feeds itself on the frog. I am the child in Uganda, all skin and bones, my legs as thin as bamboo sticks. And I am the arms of a merchant selling deadly weapons to Uganda. I am the twelve-year-old girl refugee on a small boat who throws herself into the ocean after being raped by a sea pirate. I am the pirate, my heart not yet capable. Not yet capable of seeing and loving. I am a member of the Point Borough with plenty of power in my hands. I am the man who has to pay his debt of blood to my people, dying slowly in a forced labor camp. My joy is like spring, so warm, it makes flowers bloom all over the earth. My pain is like a river of tears, so vast it fills the four oceans. Please call me by my true names so I can hear all my cries and laughter at once, so I can see the joy and pain are one, 
Please call me by my true names so I can wake up and the door of my heart can be left open. The door of compassion. Titnot Han from the book Being Peace on page 59 and 60. What a beautiful poem by a true connoisseur of the light. I urge you to look at the character of one's practice because there are so many people out there now with a public facing career. It is really important to vet that person personally without judgment. We let things go and we become easy. I was not always this way, so please do not mistaken my current practice with the past, for I am not perfect myself and I never will be, but I can share with you my perfectly imperfect story in hopes that it will help you to lead a much better and spiritually profound life. Don't forget to sign up for my newsletter at candiskumai.com. Give this podcast a juicy fucking five-star review. It's the only way that I get paid in currency. <laughs> and please pick up Kintsugi Wellness if you want to lose a little weight and get hot and in shape and have a juicy booty. You can be all things, just maybe not all at the same time. I'm here for you guys. If you have any questions you'd like, you can send them to me, info at candiskumai.com or just write in the comments section of my posts. The Shiseido J Beauty Show with my mom and my sister continues this Friday on YouTube. I'll post all about it on Instagram. Love you guys. Keep practicing. Baby steps, but seven very open-minded steps on being a well-rounded spiritual individual. And all of this work starts from within. Hi, Janet. Kiyotsuke Dene. Arigatou gozaimasu.